I want to thank uh, the elders for letting me come and speak to you today while the pastors are gone. Uh, Mike told me I could say whatever I want, so uh, if you'll pray with me, uh, we'll get into the word. We're in the middle of um, a series at Adada Tikva. Um, we're here on Saturdays, um, and it turned into what I, may turn into something like a three or four year series. I don't know what will happen, but I, I thought, why don't we try to do all the prayers of the Bible, and uh, it's taking a lot longer than I, than I thought. It turns out there's a lot of prayers in there, but... Um, I wanted to speak to you today because as I was praying through, should I do something new or not, I felt like the Lord brought me back to one that we did recently um, that I think um, there may be some people here uh, uh, the Lord wants to speak to today. And uh, some of you may have already heard it. Um, if that's true, then I'm guessing you just need a double portion. Um, but let's pray and then we'll, we'll get into the word together. Lord, we thank you. Uh, that we just live in a place where you are present. Lord, we're thankful for um, this place. We're thankful that we can come here and lift you up. Lord, you did rescue us. And Lord, we thank you that you first loved us. Help us to hear what you have to say to us today. Um, May we be the people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, I don't know if anybody recognizes this uh, symbol on the screen, but when I was a kid, we used to have these uh, tapes, and if you liked a girl or you were just generally depressed, <laughs> you would <laughs> record a bunch of songs, and we called them mixtapes, and uh, you, this crowd over here probably has no idea what we're talking about. It's kind of like a CD. Well, wait, no, it's not like a CD. It's kind of like, an, like an iPod. Wait, no, I guess. It's kind of like a playlist. It's kind of like a playlist. Um, but what happens is, is, you know, if you ever go back, if you've ever cleaned out your house and you find these old tapes, you know, you, you thought they were so cool, right? I remember thinking, man, I'm going to, like, record my voice and be like, oh, baby, this is for you, you know? And then it would be like this love song, and uh, thank the Lord that didn't work on many of the <laughs> women that I gave tapes to. Uh, I guess they were girls, really, but the point is, is that they seemed cool at the time, and then when you go back and you listen to them again, you go what? Like, <laughs> what was wrong with me? Why did I like that song? You know, I, and you, you remember who you were in the past, and then you look at who you are now, and you think, boy, these are just old, right? They just seem old. They're not just old because you found them in your garage or in your attic. They're old because the songs don't mean the same thing. Some of them do. Some songs, you know, go on. But I, I think of, like, I remember one time going to a conference, and on the way back, I was just super sad, so I made myself a tape, and it just started with, you are not alone, I am here with you. Some people know that, right? You don't have to sing along. Um, but then it also had after that, um, this is how we do it. Remember that song? You know, it's Friday night. I don't reach for my 40 anymore. Uh, if you don't know that song, it's because it's old, right? Montel Jordan, who knows? Where is he? I have no idea. The point is, is that they're old tapes. They don't represent who we are, but often we listen to those tapes that are in our head, don't we? I mean, we listen to the things that people say about us, what the devil says about us, what our boss says about us, what our parents said about us. We listen to those tapes, and every time we go back, we think that they're still us. And I think there are people here today who listen to tapes and allow themselves to get disqualified for what God's call is on their life. And when he comes and he speaks... Or you're in his presence and he wants you to move forward. We go, uh, and then, wah, the tape rhymes up, right? And then it's, 
No, no, you're not. You're not good enough to do that. Don't you remember where you're from? When the gospel says it doesn't matter where you're from, it matters where you're going, right? It matters who you know, right? The gospel is, is that Jesus died on a cross, was buried, and was raised so that you could live, not so that you could rewind back to the past and say, well, you don't know who I am. Because who you were is not who you are, and who you are is not who you're going to be. Amen? So we often listen to these tapes, right? We listen to these tapes and we let them play, and then every time somebody comes and says, hey, do you want to volunteer at church? You go, eh, I'm not really qualified, right? Every time somebody comes and says, hey, do you want to do something amazing? Do you want to go with us on a mission trip? You go, nah, that's not me, right? And it happens in Scripture, too. It's a, it's a human thing. It's a human condition. So we're going to be, uh, if you want to pull out your Bibles, we're going to be in Judges chapter 6. And if you guys know the story of Gideon, um, it's interesting because Gideon is known as this hero of the book of Judges. The book of Judges is a wacky, crazy, upside-down book of what not to do. If you've read through the book of Judges, you go, what is wrong with these people? This is what happens when you mix godly faith and godly relationship with a whole bunch of religions and then you shove them into a box, and then you just sort of leave, let it sit for a while, and then it festers, and then you open that box. That's the book of Judges. But you have these people that would come in, and the pattern in the book of Judges generally is the people do evil in the sight of the Lord. God sends them a prophet. They don't listen, so then God sends them a judge. Right? So Gideon is one of those judges. But we often listen to these tapes, and what would happen if people listened to the tapes? Right? What would happen to Gideon? And you'll see in this story that he has some tapes that play about his history and about his family and about the problems that he's, he's having. You know, some of us, we gain those tapes in crisis, right? I mean, you, some of you, as I started talking, thought, yeah, oh, yeah, I know that tape very well. That every time I try to step forward, I go, uh, uh, no. I mean, I remember the last time I got hurt. I remember the last time those things happened. I mean, I remember the last time I made friends like that, and no, 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 that's not going to work. The tape just starts playing, and then the tape defines you as opposed to the God of the universe de- defining you. I mean, you were made for a reason. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and he wants to set you forward on a path towards your destiny, and then the tapes start playing. And these little things that are just old and really just need to be thrown out get stuck. You know, uh, Walt Disney was fired from his first job because he said, they said that he had a lack of imagination. Right? What would have happened if Walt Disney said, you know what, you're right. I am not, I have no imagination. All these doodles stink. Right? Thomas Edison was actually told that he was too dumb to learn anything. If he had listened to those tapes, we, we'd be in a dark room. Or at least we'd have Tesla coils or something. Right? You know, Theodore Geis, when he tried to publish his first book, he got turned down by 27 publishers. Oh, you know, his, name's Dr. his, his pen name is Dr. Seuss. Right? If you, what would happen if, if, if Dr. Seuss said, you know what, you're right, nobody wants to read my stuff. Right? I mean, how many of you have been influenced by Dr. Seuss, right? So when you look at this, is that there, for every human being, there's a moment in your life where there are tapes that have been inserted, either by you or by the devil or by your parents or by somebody well-meaning at church or something. And as you go try to step forward into the destiny and the calling that God has on your life, the tapes wind up. And we listen to those tapes. So go to, to chapter 6 of Book of Judges, and I'll, I'll show you what I mean in, in, from, the, from the Bible. So you know Gideon, before we go there, Gideon, the story is, is that Gideon defeats all of the Midianites with only 300 men. He's known for having this incredible story where the Spirit of God comes on him and he defeats this huge army with just a small group, right? But before he could even become 
the Gideon that we know, he has to go through the same process that I'm talking about, the same process we've all gone through. So after the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Verse 2, because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. You can still visit those today in Israel. So they, they didn't just leave. They actually went and found caves to live in because they were so afraid of the oppression. I mean, has anyone ever been in a position where you're so afraid of what's going on that you had to hide? I mean, I know some of you, you might not hide in clefts, but you sure hide inside yourself, right? Some of us hide down deep, deep, and we push those things so deep down so that nobody can see, and it's because we're being oppressed. It's because we're being pressured. It's because we don't like what's coming from the left and the right, and the Israelites felt the same way. And whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the eastern peoples invaded the country, and they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza, all the way to essentially the Mediterranean Sea. So anytime they tried to do anything, anytime they took you know, two steps forward, they'd get kicked right back. I'm sure some of you have felt that way, that every time you try to move forward, you get kicked down, you get squashed, you get you know, pushed aside. So they were feeling this as an entire country, and they did not spare a living thing, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up upon the livestock and the tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land and they ravaged it. Midianite was, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out for the Lord to help. And that's really a word for prayer there, that they cried out. They had nothing left to do but to just look up to heaven and say, Lord, I think you're going to have to take care of this. Because we've tried, and we keep getting squashed. But in the process of the book of Judges, the Israelites started believing things about themselves. They forgot about Egypt. They forgot about Passover, like uh, Mike was talking about. For you know, They forgot about the history of Israel, that God saved us with a mighty right hand, that he, he you know, snatched us up and led us out of Egypt. They forgot about the miracles of God. They mixed their religion they moved into this place that was the promise, that was the place, the thing, thing they were waiting for, that they died for, that they moved and they worked for, and now they're just believing all the press that, eh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe God's not as powerful as we think. So when the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, verse 7, he sent them a prophet. This is the pattern. Who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites. In the land you will live. But you have not listened to me. So now they know why this is happening. Right? They're being, the pressure is not just coming because of what's going on outside of them. The pressure is coming because of what they've done. I mean, truthfully, we're all really to blame for most of the things. I mean, most of the problems of the world is because there's people in it, right? Most of the problems at church is because there's people. It'd be way easier to do this thing without anybody here, right? Nothing would get dirty. Nothing would get spilled. Nobody would have any conflict. When you think about it, there are, when you look outside, if you watch the news, if you, you can get very caught up in what everybody else is doing, but at the end of the day, we all are to blame, and we all have things that we've passed on, and God is in the process of wanting to redeem this world, and he's asking us whether we want to be a part of it or not. But we don't listen. That's the human condition. We don't listen. God says, listen, I'm going to come and save you. We say, oh, thank you so much. He goes, okay, now I want you to step left. And you go, ah, not left. I mean, last time I turned left, and God goes, what? How do you think, do you remember how you got here? 
I mean, think about it. How did you get to this church? Did any of you come just because you, you uh, really, you can't even turn left anymore here, right? <laughs> People like me, you turn left anyway. You just hope that you don't get a ticket. But the point is, is how did you get here? We all came through the grace of God. The fact that we even know each other, the fact that we share this place, the fact that we share in communion is all because we worship the same king, right? We all came here by the same process. We might have taken different steps, but all of us have been snatched up by God and taken out of the land of oppression, the place of darkness, and brought into this great light. That's the thing that we're all excited about. That's the reason we can worship. That's why I can worship on Saturday and then come here and worship with you on Sunday. That's why we did communion yesterday and you did communion today, but we all shared in the same meal. But we don't listen. So the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abazite, where, the son, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress. By the way, Ophrah makes me think of Oprah. Um, it's kind of, I don't know why, but do you know that Oprah lost her first job because they said she was too passionate? She put too much uh, um, uh, it, passion into what she believed about her stories, like she got too into the stories. I mean, Oprah, she's known for kind of yelling, right, for giving stuff away. What would have happened if she listened to that tape? Gideon, now here, he's in this threshing, he's threshing wheat, in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So he's not threshing wheat in a place where you thresh wheat. He's threshing wheat in a wine press so nobody can find him. In fact, his name actually means hacker, right? His name means that he had the one who cuts wheat. Some theologians and some commentaries say that probably wasn't even really his name. That's just the name that he took on. That was his nickname. It's possible that his name wasn't hacker. It was, well, I guess we've got to hide in the, you know, hide in the wine press. He had tapes that he was listening to. He said, look, I guess my name's Gideon from now on. I mean, do you remember in the book of Ruth where she says, you know, don't call me. Call me bitter. Remember? I mean, think about it. That's, that's what happens. You go through a process and you go, you know what? From now on, that's not me. And we make promises to ourselves and we make vows that, we, that, that aren't godly vows. And we listen to what people say about us and we hear what people say about us at work. And we hear what people say about Christians in general. And we go, you know what? I'm not even sure I want the name anymore. And we name ourselves things. And we hold on to things, and those tapes start playing, and we go, maybe I'm not qualified. And then somebody comes in and says, there's an anointing on your life. You were made for a purpose. You were formed in your mother's womb because you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And God of the universe, the God who hung the stars in the sky and separated the waters, wants to speak to you, and he wants to give you a job. And you go, no, 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 no. You know, I, you don't remember when I, you know, the tapes start playing. So Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites, and the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And in Hebrew, that's Gibor. Gibor is the fighting men of David. Remember, that's an official title. That's not just a name. That's an actual title of a position within David's kingdom later on that these people became known as the Gibors, right? And he comes up to him and says, Hey, what's up, mighty warrior? And I would imagine that he goes, Hey, you're talking to the wrong guy, right? I'm a hacker. I'm hiding. I'm not a mighty warrior. But, you know, God often calls us by who we're supposed to be, not who we think we are. I mean, you remember when Jesus met Simon? And he said, oh, Simon's a cool name, but I'm going to call you the rock. I'm going to call you Peter. And, and Peter was like the wimpiest guy. I mean, he, he complained the entire story, right? Up until he's sitting on the beach eating fish with Jesus. And Jesus says, look, you have to love my sheep. And he goes, uh, okay, he goes, and they have this conversation, and he's restored because he continually has a problem. He doesn't become strong until the end of the story. But Yeshua knew his, who he was created to be, and that he would be who he was supposed to be, and that he would have the keys to the kingdom, and that he can build his church 
on Peter and, pe- and like people like Peter. So he just started calling him the rock before he ever got strong. He also had other disciples that he called the sons of thunder, but they never speak. Do you ever hear them talking? But we know from history that they didn't just speak, they came with thunder. Right? And he gave them a name that they weren't yet because he's the creator. He knows who you really are, and sometimes he doesn't want you to go by the name that you've given yourself. He wants you to go by the name that he's given you, the, the calling and the, the future that he designed you to be. There's a holy version of yourself that he's excited about. He loves you for who you are, but he's really excited about who you can be through the power of the gospel, through the power of the Spirit. And here he comes up to, get, to Gideon, and he says, Hey, mighty warrior. And Gideon's response is, But sir, if the Lord is with us, then why did all this happen to us? Well, we just, it just told us. This all happened because of us. It was our problem. And he's saying, well, why, why is this happening then? I mean, I'm looking around. See, this, the tapes start playing. And you're going, yeah, if it's true that I'm a mighty warrior, then why am I hiding in this wine press? He says, where are all the wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did, you not, did not the Lord bring you up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian? So the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midianites' hand. Am I not sending you? So you know what he's saying? Hey, what really is holding you back? You know, we, we, you hear people say all the time, we're dealing with the, the God who has, a, who has a thousand cattle, right? Who has all the resources. He has all the things that you need. He, not only does he look at you and think, I can work with somebody like you, he will empower you to do it. I mean, that's the power of the resurrection, is that it doesn't matter how low you are, he can lift you up, right? He has this name that he wants to put on you, and it's his name. He wants you to reflect him well in this world. He wants you to walk into a room, and, people, and when people meet you, they go, wow, you seem to know God. You don't just talk about him. Like, you don't, just think, you don't say things about him. You actually seem to know him. Are you saying that you actually talk to God? I mean, think about it. Our, our vice president gets made fun of that for that, right? On TV, they say, I think he talks to God. And we go, and all of us are going, yeah, I think, yeah, we, yeah. We all think that. That's like a core value, Right? But we back up. Why? Because we say, well, you know, I mean, I mean, born again, I know, that, that sounds like weirdos. And, well, charismatic, I know, those guys are weird. So we start backing away, and we, take, we get all these names off. We, say, we start shedding all these things. I don't want to be involved in that. I'm not really that, and I'm not this. And we start categorizing. We say, and then we start saying, oh, I'm a Republican, or I'm a Democrat, or I'm a Calvinist, or I'm an Arminian. And we say, well, hold on a second. What about Christ follower? What about the name that God put on you? What about the future that he designed for you? What about the thing that he wants you to step into and get Gideon's having the same reason, problem because his family has mixed every kind of the worst things into this and they've forgotten about the God of the universe, the one that saved them and brought them to the place that he's even in. And because of the pressure that he's feeling, he backs up. He says, no, no, if this is all true, if you're, if you're saying I'm a warrior, then why is this even happening? And he says, am I not the one sending you? He says, but Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? I mean, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Right? He says, I'm the, like, we're weak. We're a weak group. Notice, God's saying he's a mighty warrior, and his response is, no, 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 I'm the, I'm the weakest. And he says, and I'm the least in my family. What he means is I'm the youngest. He's saying, you're picking the wrong guy. So notice, Gideon has not read the story, because almost always God takes the youngest and the weakest, because that's the one that glorifies him the most. He takes the lowest. Right? He takes the youngest and he lifts them up because that's where you go, hey, if he can take the youngest and the weakest, well, then he can get anything else in between. I'm the one who's sending you. He says, ah, but the tapes are playing. And the Lord answered, I will be with you. 
And that's what I think some of you here need to hear today, that the Lord is with you. Why do you think he went through so much trouble, through all the thousands of years of planning, to die for your sins, to shed his blood in your place, just to give you a half blessing, just to give you something that you can't work with? What would be the point of doing all that work so that you could come and, and just go, meh, right? I mean, the point is we don't serve a God who gives half blessings. We don't serve a God who gives half futures. We, give the God, we serve a God of the resurrection, which means you can even be dead and he would, can still use you. So as far as I know, everybody in here is alive, which means between dead and anything up in between, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and that plan is a good plan, and he has a call for you, and he has a purpose for you, and it's a good plan and a good purpose, and it's not what your parents said, and it's not what your boss said, and it's not what your friends say, and it's for sure not what the devil says. It's what God says, and I'm sure for some of you, he's coming today, and he wants you to know that you are a mighty warrior, that you do have a place in this church, that you do have a part in his kingdom. So Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign, and he asked for a sign. You know, I think that's okay sometimes. You go, because we want to make sure that it's the Lord. We say, Lord, just confirm it. And he will. In fact, I think some of you, you're stuck in the name part, the tape part, but some of you are stuck in the confirmation part. You go, well, if it's really God, then he has to let him confirm it. Let him show you. So he goes through this process where he prepares this whole meal, and Gideon doesn't even seem to know who he's talking to because he prepares this meal, he brings it over, they have this meal, and the fire flares up. This is toward the end of verse 21, and consumes the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when Gideon realized, verse 22, that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, O sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord's face to face. He didn't even know who he was talking to. See, some of us, we talk a lot about God, but we don't actually talk to him. That's what it means to pray. See, for prayer, what we really need to do is you actually have to have a real conversation, which means you don't just say what you want, you also listen to what the other person wants, right? It, it, it's what my wife complains about that I don't do. You don't listen. I talk, I don't listen. I said, yeah, but that's what I do for a living. I talk, right? And she goes, yeah, but sometimes you need to listen. And the Lord says the same thing. Don't let the tapes play because just who you think you were, think about who God designed you to be. And Gideon is designed to be a mighty warrior. We know that he becomes one because with only 300 men and the power of the Holy Spirit, he defeats the entire Midianite army. But it wasn't until he got rid of the old tapes. So the Lord says to him, peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. He's, when we say that the Lord wants to give you peace beyond all understanding, this is the kind of peace. It's you can do whatever he's called you to do. You will be able to accomplish whatever he's called you to accomplish because we're serving the God of the universe that cannot be defeated, that's already won the battle, that's already set things in place. So the same night, the Lord comes to him, and he gives him another step. See, so the first step in all of this is recognizing that you even have tapes, that maybe those tapes play, and maybe those tapes are old. They don't represent you anymore. You have to get rid of those tapes. Well, step two is to actually start asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? What steps do you want me to take? So you get rid of the old tapes, and you start walking into your destiny. But sometimes we need to take a third step. That third step is to get rid of all the stuff that our family said, right, all the sin of our family. So you have to understand that in my family, in a Jewish family, they say, no, no, Jewish people don't believe in Jesus. 
Our family does not believe in Jesus. That's how it goes. And I go, huh, that's interesting. Because it seems like in the Bible, we've been waiting for this prophet, priest, Messiah forever and ever. And there's only one guy who's ever claimed it and done everything that he said he was going to do. There's only one guy who died and resurrected like my cousin is waiting for when Rabbi Schneerson died, he went to his grave thinking he was going to resurrect. And I said, well, if you think Rabbi Schneerson can resurrect, why don't you think about Jesus? And he goes, oh, no, no. The tape starts playing. And he goes, I can't believe in Jesus. Our family doesn't believe in Jesus. And I go, well, maybe not our family, but the family does. Right? I mean, there are billions of people who put their trust in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they understood that this was the one we were waiting for. Maybe, maybe that's just an old tape. And we have to toss it. So what happens is, is that Gideon then has to go through this process where he's got to knock down all the idols of his family. And he goes the, during the night because he's afraid of everybody. He knocks down all the idols. And then when, he wakes, when they wake up, they go, what happened to all the idols? They had to put those things away. Because sometimes taking, getting rid of tapes is not just getting rid of the voice in your head. It's actually coming in repentance and changing something about your family's life. You say, you know what? From now on, We've had these mechanisms that we've used in our family, and we need to now put them aside. Taking that step as a family is a difficult thing to do. And sometimes God will raise up our children to even remind us that we have taken a wrong turn. And that's what happens here. And it says in verse 32 that from that day on, they called Gideon Zerubbabel, or Zerubbabel, which means contends with Baal. Because he has broken down Baal's altar. Right? He gets a new name. And I think for some of you, you've taken on a name that isn't a godly name. And today, God wants to not only get rid of your old tapes and get rid of all the things of your family, but he wants to give you a new name. He wants to give you the name that he gave you when he formed you in your mother's womb. That name comes with a calling, and that calling comes with an anointing, and that anointing comes with a path. And that path leads to you participating in the kingdom of God. I mean, isn't that amazing? We serve the God of the universe. He really does everything he said he would do. He suffered in in every way, and didn't sin, right? He was tempted just like us, but he made it. We can follow on his coattails. We can walk in behind him. We can carry our cross and follow him through his death and resurrection. And in the power of of that resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we can do what he's called us to do. Isn't that amazing, mighty warriors? Isn't that amazing, people of God? I mean, think about that. It's awesome. I mean, once you've listened to the old tapes, and you may have a past in your family. But that doesn't mean you're disqualified from participating in God's kingdom. Some of you maybe have not even met God before. Maybe you've heard a lot about him, but you've never taken that step. Well, why don't you make today that day? Why don't you allow God to become the Lord of your life? It's real simple. You just bow your head and you pray something like this. Lord, I've tried it my way. I don't like these tapes. I think that what I've done is actually sin. I've done something wrong, and I'd like you to take over. I want to surrender my life to you and you become the Lord of my life. And then what that does is that ushers you into a family, the family of God that allows you to partake in his glorious kingdom. It's not as hard as people make it seem, but it does take some effort because you might have to get rid of the old tapes because those tapes may have restricted you from moving into the kingdom of God, from being a part of this family. And some of you already put your trust in in Jesus, but You haven't really stepped into your calling. You haven't really let God move in your life. Well, it's the same process. You get rid of the old tapes. You get rid of this family stuff. You get rid of the things that's been put on you, and you put on the mantle that God wanted to put on you when he formed you. I mean, it's real simple. You just bow your head and you pray, Lord, what do you actually want me to do? 
expecting that he'll respond. We serve an awesome God. Now all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a shofar, he blew a trumpet, summoning all the people to follow him. And he sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms, and also Asher and Zebulun and Naphtali. And they too went up to meet him. And from that point on, he becomes a mighty warrior. You too can step into the glorious future that God designed for you. Just get rid of the old tapes. Just get rid of all the stuff. It doesn't define you anymore. I mean, when you listen to them, is it really even true? I mean, when you hear those tapes, is it really you? I mean, it might have been you 20 years ago. It might have been you last week. But again, we don't don't serve a God of the past. We serve a God of the future. He doesn't care where you've been. He cares where you're going. And he wants to get you there. Amen? All right, let's pray together. Lord, We are sinners. We try to make a way. And we listen to voices that are other than you. Lord, remove those tapes today. And make us the people that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen.